I'm 40 hour, 48 hours in, and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan. Ooh I got my hat on down here. She's trying to turn my bald head. I might have to flip the ears back. When you see your players give all that they have, and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So. Welcome to the NFC North Podcast! Welcome to the NFC North Podcast. I'm your resident Lions fan, Eric Kiska, and on this day, Gangnam Style by PSY became the first YouTube video to reach 1 billion views. Up next is the biggest K-pop fan in America. What up? It's Cole William Whitlaw Gibson. Shout out to my <laughs> Korean folk. Uh, I am fully medicated and ready to get this thing underway. Up next. Uh, what up? It's your... Uh... It's a resident Miami Dolphins fan, uh, just cutting ties with the Bears this week. Um, you know, go Fins, they're making a hell of a comeback. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Blaze Ryan, uh, Bears, an extraordinaire. Probably the last one left this season. So, uh, finally, the guy who kicked my ass. Uh, that would be a Chris Para, short man extraordinaire. And the Vikings definitely put the Bears in hibernation. Oh yeah! Ooh, wow. How, how long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> Since oh, last I night. like it. <laughs> Chris has been—he's prepping. How long have they been in hibernation for, really? Though it's been like weeks. Uh, it's been years. It's been years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been years. Since since 2018, probably. Yeah. Uh, when Nagy came in. Start out there. The Vikings beat the Bears 17 to nine, and. This game fucking sucked. I mean, this is just another horrible Bears game to watch. I mean, I wish, like, even the Vikings could have, like, blown them out or something, but then there was that horrible, horrible interception Kirk Cousins threw where it looked like it was literally, like, he just lobbed it in the air and it went straight into the Bears uh, guy's arms. And just, I, like, they let the Bears hang around, you know, for, you know, most of this game. Even though, like, you kind of knew that the Vikings were going to take care of it, but like, literally, Kirk Cousins threw for 87 yards. I, how can we even watch these kind of games anymore? I understand why Blaze is kind of fed up with uh, doing this podcast in general. Um, so, you know, watching this game, what what else can you say, uh, Blaze? Um, yeah, man, that was uh, that was really hard to watch, just as a football fan, uh, let alone being a Bears fan. It's these games that just feel like it's punt punt fumble punt punt fumble i, I want to say first of all i want to commend the defense for how well they played uh we had a skeleton crew of a secondary a lot of these guys rookies playing their first game off the practice squad literally the day before because of covid thomas graham jr who played phenomenally against justin jefferson uh he actually got bumped up to the active roster for good so congratulations to him the defense fought really really hard i do have to say that one interception that Cousins threw it wasn't entirely his fault I believe it was KJ Osborne he got absolutely molested at the line it probably should have been a holding penalty on the defense but molested please molested (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the Bears need to learn how to hold on to the ball especially uh, Justin Fields I think Monty's fumble was a little bit more forgivable and that muff punt was also a little bit more forgivable I mean it would you know, when it's 50-50 games like that, it's all in four turnovers. I mean, you're just never going to win, especially when your offenses move so slowly at times. I do think, again, there were flashes of Justin Fields' brilliance, but he's kind of, I'm kind of 
trending towards you guys at this point. He looks like he's going to be a good, not great starter going forward, unless he works on his mechanics dramatically. Okay, so now I am going to talk about the refs, because the refs pissed me <coughs> off. That Ty Conklin flag, I kind of understand, because there is human error to it. it in the moment, it kind of looked like maybe he was leading with his head, maybe he hit him, a defenseless receiver, but looking at that replay, it like really wasn't even close, and that really set up the uh, first touchdown for the Vikings, and then we had them on third and 18. Dalvin Cook got bottled up, and they called the low block on, uh, I'm sorry, I, Taz something or other. Yeah, he's a, he's on the Tabor. skeleton crew guy. And they said it was a low block when he was clearly going for Dalvin Cook, and that's like one of those, wait, is the Mafia setting us up at this point? Because <laughs> the Bears just feels like we get every bad call against us, and they, we lost 10 points on both those penalties in the long run. So that and the fourth quarter, the fourth, the fourth down play calling needs to improve, and that's where I really can't wait for Nagy to leave. He is not inventive with his fourth down plays. Um, none of them looked good. None of them looked like they were like you know trying to give him the old razzle dazzle. So you know I got a couple more weeks of this. Hopefully the Bears uh, show more life, at least in some aspects. You know make me want to. To watch this game, but at this point, it just feels like I'm just, it's brain damage at this point. So, the faster Nagy gets out, the faster we can rebuild, the better. I'm going to let Chris talk about uh, his sub-100-yard quarterback, his sub-100-yard <laughs> running back, um, and how they stole one from a bad team. I mean, that's honestly the best way to put it. We had no business winning that game. Uh, thankfully, the Zebras were on the Viking side this time, because those were some... Very awful calls. The one with with Tabor, I mean, that was kind of close because he looked like at first he hit the line, but you can clearly see he avoided him at all costs. So, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of bad calls there. But Cousins just—it's like he didn't even care to play. It's like he went to church yesterday and now he just took the day off. You know, it's just he had like five or six incompletions in a row. Just could not hit the broadside of a barn at all last night. Um. Yeah, Cook had less than 100 yards, still rushed for 89, which is pretty good against that Bears defense, so it's been pretty decent against the run all year. But that addition of Akeem Hicks really opened up that freaking line, and I was not a fan of that because uh, they had Cousins just running all around last night. And then that hit on fields with Kendricks, that was just uh, – that's like Bush League play right there. I, don't, I mean, you could clearly see he's already sliding. I don't know why you got to lean in with your head and destroy fields. Um, I know everyone's saying Fields, like, stat-wise had a good day. Nah, it, was, it wasn't a good day. He took a lot of unnecessary sacks that put them in terrible positions. And if I ever see a Bears-Vikings game on Monday night, I'm just, you know, <laughs> leaving the country. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I mean, I hated this game because of how bored it was. That game was pathetic. The Chicago Bears held Kirk Cousins to his worst like game ever of like 87 yards, an interception, and two touchdowns. Like Kirk Cousins had like a what historically one of his worst games, and the Bears still managed to lose by eight points, which is hilarious. Uh, the Bears are terrible. I'm now pulling for the Lions to win out and the Bears to be last in the NFC North. I think that would be 
equally amazing considering the Bears have no first round pick. So the Bears are just set up for failure and I I love my boy Blaze, but I hate the Bears more. So <laughs> what what can I say? <laughs> so Blaze, I have a question for you. Uh you know, a lot of talk about Roe v. Wade lately, pro life, pro choice. Would you <laughs> abort baby Matt Nagy? Oh yes. We're already in the <laughs> third trimester. I don't care. I'll, I'll I'll take the prison time. You know, throw that visor oh. away. Give me the coat we, hanger. I'm ready to go. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving on to the Lions beating the Cardinals thirty to twelve. Man, and I I don't know what the hell happened. Like this whole year, I have not seen this team do anything like this. Like. We were, okay, we're 9-5 and five against the spread this year. We've been in a lot of close games this year, but there's no, like, basis for them completely dominating a team that is the first seed in the NFC uh, tied with the Packers here. And I want to uh, rewind. <laughs> I want to rewind to the start of the year when I said, you know, we were only going to get five wins, unlike anything Cole here will tell you. But uh, I wanted to see... Glimmers of hope. I wanted to see something to hang my hat on for the next year, and this was a hat-hanging game. You know, like, I, I think Goff, for one, he proved that he can be our quarterback for another year. After all of the crap I've given him all year, he had 139.7 passer rating. He's been amazing the last few weeks uh, since Reynolds was picked up. Aaron Glenn and that defense, you know, he's been coordinating that defense who are, they're just bare bones right now. He's been doing an amazing job. And then, you know, like our O-line with Panay Sewell at right tackle has been playing fantastic. Like Craig Reynolds that just came in out of nowhere off the street, got, you know, over 100 yards here. And I was, you know, a Lions fan during the years where we went like, what, five years without a guy getting 100 yards. And yeah. just seeing all this put together, it gives me... I, so here is where I am going to apologize to Dan Campbell. Uh, I'm sorry, Dan Campbell. Should have never said that, uh, you know, you deserve to get fired. Uh, I should have had more patience. I will eat shit on this one. As Dan Campbell would say, hey, man, welcome to Detroit. <laughs> I have mixed feelings because I, I love that the Lions just decimated the Cardinals because I think Kyler Murray is not as good as everyone thinks he is. I don't think he's ever going to be an MVP. I don't think he's ever going to lead that team to be more than like above average. I think they're a good team. Uh, but, man, I loved watching the Detroit Lions just a play a perfect game and just absolutely, like, dog walk them, which was hilarious. And, obviously, it helps the Packers in the long run. Granted, it doesn't, you know... If the Packers went out, it wouldn't have mattered because they already were tied and, you know, had the one up on the on the Cardinals. But it is good to see the Lions beat the Cardinals. So the Packers send the Packers to the top and the Lions, you know, further down on the draft board. So it was a double win on that front. Uh, I think it's good for the Lions to move further down on the draft board because they are notoriously bad at picking high draft picks. So the further they go down, the more likely that they're just, you know, forced to make a pick there. So someone make, else makes the decision for them. I think they'll do pretty good. We'll go down on the draft board, but, uh, you know, like, I, I think I saw a stat that only three uh, number one overall picks have actually won a Super Bowl since 1999. So not picking number one is not the worst thing in the world. Um well, yeah, I, I guess, you no. know, we could have got a guy like Thibodeau, but, you know, like, I'm okay with any of the top three DNs, not 
not going to be the end of the world that we move down the draft board a little bit. Yeah, so. I mean, like, no shit. Like, I, you know, I always think, <laughs> I, I don't understand why people like tanking because name a team that is good that tanks on purpose or is bad that drafts high. So Every good team has to point. keep keep building yeah. up. Like, you know, historically, all the teams that fucking win the Super Bowl, none of them get first-round draft picks except for, you know, if the Browns eventually win one, they might be, but... You know, they've turned the, that the shit NFL is good. made for a quick rebound, and there's tanking to a point. You don't want like the complete number one draft pick, but like you also don't want to be forever in the middle. You don't want to be with 17 games here. I guess nine and eight or eight and nine every year, because then you're really gonna go nowhere. Well, so, look at the Cowboys. Yeah. They're you know they're possibly going. They were in limbo land forever. I, I don't see yeah, all those years at Stafford, situation. we were stuck in mediocrity, and it yeah. sucked. Well, anyway, Blaze, uh, what did you think of this one? <clears throat> yeah, both of the uh, Reynolds showed up. Um, that uh, Craig Reynolds was really impressed me. I really liked his down the field running. I love this team's moral fiber. You know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I it's just it's just a team that doesn't give up on each other. Where I feel like the the Bears, for example, their defense doesn't give up on each other, but the whole team you know is kind of turds in a uh toilet right now <laughs> you know i'm on st brown had another really uh breakout game jared goff looked good for once was anthony lynn calling the uh plays this week i no, no. i don't think so still Dan yeah campbell. i think i think uh, campbell has taken that over permanently mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah and then like not to overshadow the lions anything like anything that they did i do feel like it was one of those games where the cardinals probably got their uh got caught with their pants down uh didn't really have a game plan for when they fell apart um when they were down as much as they were in the first half i don't think they had a game script that uh was going to answer that and uh, to cole's point i i like kyler murray but i'm not completely sold he's you know top five quarterbacks in the league right now so the lions did a great job of pouncing early and Maintaining that lead, yeah. And then, I, although I do have to say that Wesley touchdown, I well, no touchdown. I felt like it was a touchdown in my opinion, where his foot touched the pylon when he was falling down. So maybe that would have swung the tide a little bit. But no, the uh, the Lions defense are really hard nosed for who they are. Their offensive line is obviously going to be great for the next you know decade. So yeah, I feel like they're they might be a quarterback and an edge rusher away. So maybe they get it this year. Uh, and turn the ship around a lot faster than maybe a lot of people originally gave him credit for. Yeah, and Chris, you know, you were the only other team that the Lions beat this year, so I'm sure this one, it, it was actually a sigh of relief for you, right? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. As soon as, soon as that <laughs> whistle blew, I was like, oh, thank goodness. I no longer have to be associated with that. No, um, honestly, I didn't see that that defense stepping up like they did. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was impressive, uh, especially with Craig Williams, a virtual no, you know, an unknown. Just came. Craig Reynolds, Reynolds, and eh, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, a virtual nobody came in and you know had a hundred yards on a pretty solid defense too, in, in my opinion. But yeah, no, I think Murray should have just stuck to Oakland Athletics and you know pitching <laughs> baseballs. That's that's where he should be right now. I mean, he's gonna wear himself out sooner rather than later uh with all those running around for 40 yards just to sling it 10 yards for you know no gain it's it's gonna wear him down quick and he's gonna uh, pull a brandon whedon and just go play baseball well opposite of brandon whedon yeah and uh one last little thing here the lions have won their first game against a team that is five plus games over 0.500 since 2006 
And that means Matthew Stafford never did that. So I'm saying Jared Goff is the future. Matthew Stafford is a fraud. Well, I, I mean, Matthew Stafford that. has already beaten a 500-plus team with the Rams. He's on right now. Matthew, Sta- Matthew Stafford yeah, also has a, the leading receiver this year, too, just with, like with Megatron. So <clears throat> yeah, and there's arguments both go, ways. Absolutely go nowhere in the playoffs. So Yes, but that is then, not now. Maybe true. Okay, last game here, we have the Packers beating the Ravens 31-30, to and this Woo! game was eerily close for uh, a team that had Tyler Huntley starting at QB. Hey. I mean, there's there's hey, a lot of people pointing good. out now, okay, Huntley is, uh, he, he might be, you know, a very decent backup. Greg Roman, his offense is made for a player like him who's similar to Lamar. But, yeah, I, I still don't think the Packers' defense should have let up uh, 30 points against the Ravens here. Either way, they got within uh, – they, they could have won the game. Harbaugh decided to go for two again with uh, at the end of the game there. And instead of going to overtime, you know, he wanted to get that win, and he failed again. And it resulted in the Packers' victory. Um, do I think that, like, you know, if they kicked the field goal, the Ravens might have – had a chance to win in overtime? Probably not. So I think that uh, this was just the most likely outcome anyway. Um, but Cole, yeah, I'm sure you were happy with sneaking away with that one. I am very happy that we beat the Ravens. Uh, I am ecstatic with our offense's performance. I mean, like Aaron Rodgers is slinging it like no tomorrow. He's on the you know on the Clyde MVP back to back, baby. Uh, running backs are looking, you know, pretty decent. They didn't have a great game, but they, they were doing all right. Uh, but our special teams, the Packers special teams, is a fucking shit show. They are, I like, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever complained or bitched about special teams more than I have this season because it has been so atrocious. And they are, it's like, it's like they don't even practice. They just like. They just like they all go do their own thing, and then they show up, and it's like, hey man, you gotta go fucking return kicks. He's like, whoa, I, you know, I'm supposed to be the you know the fifth string wide receiver. That's not <laughs> my deal. Uh, it drives me crazy. I hate oh, I hate our special teams so much. They're good. If they they could possibly be the reason why we lose the fucking NFC Championship game again this year, like it is mind blowing how bad they are. Other than that, team looked pretty good. I mean, defense. You know, not click it as good, but hopefully we get, you know, uh, Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander back. Jair looked like he was he's back. I think he's practicing now, so hopefully we get him because our secondary needs a lot of help. And the Packers have been notoriously bad against running quarterbacks. I mean, if your quarterback can run, they're, they've always, always been really bad at, at, at defending that. So, I don't know. It was a good game. It was a fun game. Glad we came out with a win, but... Uh, I fucking hate the rest, and I hate special teams now. So we're just going to cut all of it out, and it's just going to be defense and offense. That's my move as a Packers owner, putting that into a vote. So hopefully we get the petition signed. I know, I, I think I was the only one who said it wasn't going to be a blowout, even though I think it said it was going to be like a 13-point game. That was obviously before I knew Lamar was going to be out. Uh, but yeah, I think Huntley is a... just a ever so slightly better passer than Lamar. He definitely had some wild throws in that game but with without Mark Andrews uh, I don't know who he was going to be able to you know hit I mean yeah Marquise Brown had the 10 catches but it was 43 yards I mean that's not going to not going to win you ball games there 
Yeah, I thought the Packers' run was okay. You know, obviously everyone wants over 100-something yards every game, but that was a nice little one-two punch with Jones and Dylan. You can't have Craig Reynolds every game, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, no, that was definitely an exciting game. Um, I thought it was going to be one of those classic Rodgers games where he just like, you know what, mm, here's seven touchdowns on you today, but... You know, I don't know what happened. Um, but, yeah, no, I was definitely definitely enjoyed watching that game very much. Even though the outcome was not what I wanted. Yeah, it was definitely the best game, football game, out of all of the uh, the NFC North matchups this week. The um, they, they kind of almost let this one slip out of their uh, fingertips, though. They were up 11, like, pretty much at the start of the fourth quarter. And... Aaron Rodgers was humming, and uh, but I do think that we learned a lot about, as Cole keeps saying about how god-awful their special teams are, like, the more that we talk about it, the more I'm paying attention. And then, I mean, I think the true unsung hero of the Packers season thus far has been their defense, because I think even after week one, when Rodgers had that absolute dud, I think we all knew he was going to at least get back into, like, you know, some sort of form. This defense, who's been injured all year, they haven't had their best defender all year. They've been stepping up in big moments. They stepped up on the uh, two-point conversion. But I think I found another hole that teams might try to exploit, especially the Tom Brady's of the league. Is that a pedophile joke? <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> you know he kisses his son, right? So. Oh, oh we know. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. But no, the... Tyler Huntley really got uh, going when he was doing these little dinky dunk passes to Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews had his first 100-yard game of the season. And they just chewed and clawed, and, you know, they, they, they just scored at will in the fourth quarter. Going forward, it was another solid win for the Packers, another great game for Aaron Rodgers. I kind of... I kind of hope they sit him out on Saturday just so he can break uh, Brett Favre's franchise record against the Vikings the week after. Uh, <laughs> I, I, he's going to do it at home on Christmas. No, Come that would be a, that, That'd be like getting coal in my stockings. I get no, it, No, it's, it's a Christmas game against the Browns. He's going to throw the very first touchdown in the game to Devontae Adams to break his all-time passer-like touchdowns for the Packers plus all-time pairs of Devontae Adams and Rodgers because they're both on the edge of breaking it. It's going to be yeah, great. It's going to be magical. Whatever. I'm going to pay. All, I'm going to give all of my money for that football. <laughs> I'm going to take a giant Browns if that happens, I'll tell you that much. They're um, not going to sit them this early. Like you, you, There's still three games left, right? So, yeah, they need yeah, no. the last game. There's still I'm only just... one game ahead of uh, the you know other ten win teams. I mean they right, also so. they also play the Lions again, so that's really only two games left. So, <laughs> oh yeah, all right, you're talking shit after what you shit the hey, Lions. Hey, spoiler hey, again. Stop talking shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, the uh, the Packers are really setting the precedent in the NFC, AFC. We'll kind of see how the Chiefs. I'll keep an update on them. But uh, yes, yeah, the Packers uh, conference to lose at this point. So we'll see what goes. Yeah. We're moving on to conspiracy theories here. Tom Brady definitely sold his soul to the devil and is a pedophile, and it's the biggest kept conspiracy theory in NFL history. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, and also Blaze is a flat earther. Um, Blaze, I want you to start, because I do want you to try to explain how you go on flights and you actually think that the earth is like a conveyor belt that just goes around and around. Well, you see, the earth is 70% water that's uncarbonated, so technically we are flat, so... 
I stole that from a meme. Um, I'm not a flat earther. Oh, I know. I saw that meme. I'm not a flat earther. Eric is uh, taking those uh, whoopee pills again. You know, it really gets to his head, but, you know, it keeps him calm for an hour. So, yeah. Um, No, the the conspiracy I would like to um, make is it's it's not something that I actually believe in, but just something fun to think about. Um, Mm -hmm. It's called the Mm -hmm. Phantom Time Theory. Where basically what it talks about is that Charlemagne wasn't an actual person. It was a series of kings back in the uh, low Middle Ages. And because, like, writing was, like, took so long back before the printing press, they didn't want to, like, do it for everyone. So they're like, all right, this 500-year block, this was just one guy. That's, that's what happened. So they, we lost, like, five to 700 years off the calendar, and it's actually, like... Um, we're actually like in the 1300s right now, not, um, you know, 2021. I, again, I, I'm pretty sure it's been debunked already, but it's just kind of fun to think about like how time and like how relative it is to like, you know, how we think and feel because shit that wasn't that far, far back ago, really like 500 years isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things, but in the of recorded human history, that would be insane. That would blow my mind if you know we were still you know in the technical low middle ages so i don't know i just thought it was kind of cool bit of a more more of a brain thought than anything else does that have to do at all with the children's novel the phantom tollbooth no you're get out of here no (laughs) i i like this no it's actually more about about phantom of the opera so i I read about this theory because it lines up with like the dark ages and they talk about how you know, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's been debunked, but it kind of made sense because, you know, all of these, like, great accomplishments and technology and things were growing, and then we hit, like, this, that span called of the Dark Ages where, like, it, like, almost nothing got accomplished, and everything just kind of stopped, and then, like, all of a sudden they hit, like, the, you know, the Enlightenment Age, and it kept going, and it was like, well, maybe they just, you know fucking lied <laughs> we're like yeah well, yeah that's yeah. that's yeah that's not, like that's like the whole charlemagne it wasn't one guy it was actually took yeah. 500 years not a span yeah. of one man's life you know for the gauls to unite france and stuff like that so i don't know i just thought it was cool it is cool chris you had an interesting one too yeah it uh, revolves around the old denver international airports i first heard about this quote-unquote theory, whatever you want to consider it, uh, a few years ago, the biggest thing is, this part's not the theory, but it took an extra 16 months to build, and it almost, I think it was almost 2 billion extra on top of what their original cost was, because they were trying to be the first airport in the world to do automated uh, automated uh, baggage control, so like literally all robots for everything. Um, but they, people believe that the reason that they built it so massive is because they believe that there is an underground city or bunker or something where if, you know, World War Three were to pop off, all the America's elite from west of the Mississippi will retreat to Denver and just hide out in that bunker. Like if they could supposedly can... You know, they say it can withstand a nuclear blast and this, that, and the other. And there's, uh, I think they said there's something like 30-something miles of tunnels underneath the uh, the airport right now. And if some people uh, thinks uh, that if you look at their uh, the murals, there's a lot to do with 
like actual history from like Native Americans. They have a lot of Native American art, um, but they also have like art from around the world that supposed to show like all the struggles from all the countries and like it's like so this one mural that they have is all these kids are like holding like bundles of swords and they're like smashing them on an anvil with like the anvil is being pushed down on what looks like to be a nazi so it's like you know there's a lot of conspiracy theories thinking that the new world order has something to do with it if you don't know what that is, I suggest looking into that because it's also very interesting to know about that. You mean, you um, mean Hulk just, Hogan, right? Yes. NWO? Well, All this right. is like uh, the secret cult, yeah. like elite shit, like, you know, yeah. uh, Bohemian <laughs> Grove uh, could go in there, right? And Exactly, yeah. Freemasons. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, because even the Freemasons, they put their little symbol on, like, the little plaque that showed when they broke ground and everything for the actual airport and... You know, there's just a lot into it. Um, I could probably talk a lot longer, but I'm not going to bore you with all the details. Uh, just my suggestion is just look <clears> into <throat> it and let me know what you think about those murals and their lovely horse statue called Lucifer. Um, do you know what's yeah. so? Uh, do you know what's kind of cool though? Um, I don't, have you ever read the book The Stand by Stephen King? It's like yeah, I've heard it of it. Does sound familiar. Okay, so it's about the apocalypse, right? And everything ends, and the only safe haven in America, like it was untouched by like the disease and stuff was boulder colorado which i just think that's kind of neat because for a book that was written in the 70s anyways go. yeah <laughs> that just so i have a conspiracy theory here i think chris is mentioning all this because uh he was in the army and he knows something about aliens <laughs> <laughs> i think i think he's mouth is covering shut. up area 51 right now my mouth is shut fucking tell us cole yeah yeah, uh, I just looked up those girls in the Denver, and they're fucking weird, and I don't really like yeah. them. They're no. they're very unsettling. <laughs> no, and they, there's there. I didn't even mention they also have like four statues like in the luggage area of gargoyles yeah. just staring down on you. Yeah, this this place is wild. I need to just go yeah. to Denver. Uh, my conspiracy theory is not as fun as everyone else's. It's about good old Coca Cola. So they had their, you know, Coca-Cola was loved. It's still loved. It's fucking everywhere. Everyone loves it. And the original, you know, or I guess like the OG back in like the 80s or whatever had like real sugar and everything in it. And then they came out and were like, oh, we're going to do new Coke. And they like advertised it as new Coke, called it new Coke. But I think that they knew everyone was going to fucking hate it. But they were going to have it out there for like two, three years. So that way all the old Coke would go expired and be drank. And everyone would be bitching about new Coke. And then they'd be like, oh, guys, we were listening. We're going to bring it back. But when they brought it back, that's when they introduced the high fructose corn syrup. And they tricked everybody. And they made it so it's super cheap. And, you know, they changed the taste. But no one knew what the real taste was. They just knew they didn't like new Coke. And they're like, oh, thank God the old Coke's back. Turns out we're all just, you know, a bunch of fucking sheep and the coke wheel of time it's a bunch of bullshit that's my conspiracy so, theory i mean what what would they get away with they would just make more money off of yeah their product? They, they yeah so i mean you know everything switched to high fructose corn syrup right yeah so like originally it was all sugar but they wanted to change the high fructose corn syrup but to avoid the bad publicity of that they they brought out new coke to be the face to kind of be like the uh, the scapegoat of all the hate and then they brought back the then they changed the formula by bringing it back but it really was the high fructose corn syrup version but everyone's like yeah we fucking love coke still but they tricked them all it's all part of the plan 
That's one way to look at it. The old bait and switch. It actually makes sense when you think about it. It, it makes does. so much sense. It, it really, it really does. <laughs> if there's one conspiracy theory that makes sense, it's the Denver airport. But then after that, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, I, I got one here. Um, so everybody knows that uh, Jesus, between the ages of twelve and thirty, the Bible just kind of blocks that out, right? So uh, it's there's a lot of questions about what happened to Jesus between those years, and there is a theory out there that he was married to Mary Magdalene. And, you know, like the apostles probably wanted to hush this part of his life uh, because they wanted him to be the all-knowing, uh, you know, innocent, amazing savior for uh, Christianity. And so Mary Magdalene, she was the most mentioned woman in the New Testament, more mentioned than Mother Mary. In an exchange between Peter and Mary, uh, Peter admits to Mary Magdalene that Jesus loves her above all other women. And also, Mary Magdalene was uh, the first person to find Jesus' uh, tomb empty after, you know, she opened the boulder and, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't there anymore after, you know, he died. And there was a lot, there's just so much mention of Mary Magdalene in the New Testament. It's kind of interesting, and I almost kind of believe that there was more to do with Jesus and Mary Magdalene's relationship than we know of, possibly that they were married. Way to put me in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I don't really have strong feelings about this, mostly because I don't understand a lot of Bible and never, never really read it. But, uh, I mean, if she moved that boulder, she's got to be fucking strong. I mean, well, no, I so I think the boulder was like slightly open because there's <laughs> yeah, okay, there's this whole she like moved it more or something. I don't know. I yeah. think that that was actually. No, I mean, because it is Jesus, very odd that they Jesus had left talk. the tomb. Yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. So it was so already open. Was open. He yeah. didn't, he it didn't go through the tomb. It was just a fucking <laughs> joke, guys. She went to the tomb, it though. Was, it yeah. was just a joke about her being strong. Jesus Christ. Okay, there is a whole joke though. Interesting. That yeah. there's nothing about him in between. I honestly didn't even know that until you just mentioned yeah. it. I think that's. I think he was doing some, you know, some fishy stuff. What, what were the years you said? Twelve to what? Twelve to thirty. Yeah. So, I mean, they were kind of weird back then. They didn't marry super fucking young. So I mean, I mean, I could yeah. see it because why all of a sudden at a certain point is she like, like the main, you know, the main character basically, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see some merit behind that. Yeah. I haven't read the Bible so. since I was, I don't know, like a wee little lad, so. I don't remember too much about it. I just want to say, just bringing around another book, because it's fun to talk about books. There's a really, really funny book called The Bible According to Biff, and it's about uh, Jesus' old best friend who went around the world with him, well, between the ages of 12 and uh, 30. And it's about how, like, Mary Magdalene was, like, always, like, chasing him and stuff like that, but, like, he never, like, gave in to the temptations, apparently. But it's a really, really funny, funny book about how... Uh, Jesus, like, learned all the stuff that he did. Um, they weren't actually miracles. He, like, learned, like, stuff from Hindu priests and stuff like that. But I digress. Um, that is a very plausible IRL theory about... Is it... Yeah. Is is it Biff from, like, Back to the Future? Like, he went back to yes, the future? Yes, yes. Like, I think it's B-I-F-F. like, yo, Jesus, I'm here. We're gonna hit this thing hard. I hope so. I, I yeah. Hope we're hitting this temple tonight. <laughs> it's such a good book, though, I'm telling you. I'll have to check it out. I'm interested. I like thirteen dollars on Amazon. Oh, four four dollars on thrift books. Oh, interesting. Well, 
I don't know. I'll leave you guys with that Easter egg right before Christmas. You know, you got to think about Jesus's birth and think about much more than that, too. Maybe it'll make you expand your brain. Yeah, these gargoyles at Denver are creepy as fuck. <laughs> I, I'm just the falling, I'm falling down into a weird wormhole. Denver's got too much going on in that airport. I think that's my favorite one. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, that's... Uh, who the fuck knows? Anyway, uh, we are moving on to next week. Uh, first game I want to talk about is Rams at the Vikings here. This is going to be a good one. I mean, Ra- Vikings are 7-7. Seven and seven. They are fighting for their playoff lives. They're kind of just sticking in it. And this is in Minnesota. So, also, I have, the whole year, have been saying that Matthew Stafford is a fraud. I've been saying that since just the last, like, three years, that he can't win in big games. But Kirk Cousins might be even more of a fraud. I mean, he's, like, openly a fraud, though. Like, Stafford is, like, a secret fraud, and then Cousins is, like, openly a fraud, you know? So, this is, like, the battle of two frauds here. And... I think that the Vikings, though, they might sneak away with this game. It's Like I was saying, it's in Minnesota, and I think that the Rams will not be fully prepared for this team after the last you know few weeks. They have not really shown um, you know any promise, or they haven't really looked like they can actually do anything against a great team. So I, they beat the Packers earlier. I think that they can muster up some of that magic and beat the Rams here, and I think I'm going to take them... 28-25. Chris, what do you think? 28-25, that's actually a pretty solid score. Um, yeah, I think Cousins is finally going to break out of whatever this, you know, funk that he's in right now. Because, yeah, we beat the Steelers. He didn't look the greatest. Obviously, it was just hot garbage against the Bears. I think he's going to be able to break out a little bit. Actually, not a little bit. He'll break out in a big way, I think. I think it's going to be a shootout more than anything. I think it's going to end up being like 38-35 for the Vikings. The home factor really throws a wrench into this one because they played really, really well at home uh, Thursday night the other week. <laughs> and I think this is going to be, like Eric said, it's going to be pretender versus pretender. And uh, one team, two pretenders enter, one pretender leaves. Um, I think, uh, Kirk Cousins, it's a Sunday day game. Oh man, it feels like a toss up though. I'm going to say that the Rams win this game 24, 28 to 24. So here's the, here, yeah. So these guys, they're so similar in like their play style of both the teams are they both sit on that fraud edge. I like Stafford more than I like Cousins. I think he's better. But I could honestly see this game going either way. It's a, it's a 1 p.m. Sunday game the day after Christmas. Uh, I'm surprised Kirk Cousins is playing. Uh, he is hyper-religious, so he might be upset that he has to play on Sunday after Christmas. But uh, I think it'll be a very good game. I think L.A. is going to come into town. I, I heard some stuff about COVID uh, with, uh, I think it's um, Vaughn Miller and someone else might be out, but uh, if they're at full strength, I think the Rams will take it. I think their defense is much better, and I think they're uh, hitting their stride, but it'll be a close game. I don't think it'll be a very pretty game. I think it'll be uh, 28 to 24. Matthew Stafford's coming to town. (laughs) All right. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good. Moving on. 
we, we got the Browns at the Packers here on Christmas Day. And we all know that uh, Aaron Rodgers does not believe in Christmas because he does not like his family, and he's an atheist. Um, yeah. So it should be interesting. And see, the Browns, they still have a lot of guys out. Uh, they, you know, have recently had a really bad COVID outbreak. They will probably get several of these guys back, I think. I, I think that Baker, at least, will be back by Christmas Day. I think that they can kind of muster up um, a good roster here to go into Lambeau and beat them on a snowy Christmas day. I think that their backs are against the wall. I think the Packers, you know, they have been, they, they've been, you know, winning outright against teams like the Cardinals. But then, like this past week, they barely won against the Ravens. They are still very injured, and I know I've been saying this every week, but I kind of I think that uh, the Browns could take this one. I think they get they get healthy, they get right, and then they come up big when their backs are against the wall here. So I'm going to take the Browns, 31 to 28. No, no, I mean, come on. You really think Aaron Rodgers is only going to get 28 points at home on Christmas when he's an atheist? He doesn't, he doesn't like family. He, he does doesn't give like a fuck about Christmas then. It's he's, just, a, he's a fucking It's just man. another day to him. Everyone else is thinking about family. He's thinking, I'm going to fucking ruin some poor kid's Christmas, and I'm excited about it. And I'm here for it. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw fucking five, six touchdowns. It's going to be amazing. The Browns suck. They're dead. You know, the fucking Stefanski doesn't know what to do. He's got two of the great, you know, really good running backs, but he hardly uses them. He only played them in the second half of that game. If he played them in the first half, they probably would have won. But Browns suck. Green Bay is the best. Everyone else is, you know, a bunch of losers. They're going to throw up 35 points, I think. Uh, and the Browns will get, I'll give them 21, 21-35. Rodgers is going to be slinging it. He's going MVP. They're going to have to give him the MVP. Even though he's a, he's immunized and everyone's pissed off at him and no one <laughs> wants to vote for him as MVP, he's going to force him to give him the MVP. And I'm here for it. Mm. Back to you, Just like he uh, forced his family out of his own house on uh, Christmas he, Day. He All right, Blaze. Him, okay? Those people uh, yes. are pieces of shit, okay? Aaron, Aaron Scrooge Rogers, yes. The most selfish man in Green Bay. <laughs> I saw him punch an orphan once, just for the laughs. Hey, did you um, see yeah, I'm, I, what are you asking for? It? I'm hoping for a Christmas Day miracle. I hope uh, old COVID toe gets uh, a lot of coals in his stocking this year. And Baker Mayfield comes in and doesn't throw like a complete moron with a shoulder injury. I do think the Packers are going to win this. I hope not. I do think there is something going for the Browns. If they have a smart game plan, they will just feed Nick Chubb the ball. The Packers are a middling rush defense, but when they get bit by the run, they get bit. Um, They've uh, given up over 150 yards like twice already this season, and Nick Chubb's the type of guy in that type of weather to do damage the other side of the ball though i just don't see the browns with how banged up they are with injuries and with safety and health protocol to really stop rogers and company so i think if the browns can like control the game clock they have a chance but i don't think that's going to happen i think a lot of these uh nfl coaches think they're bigger brain than all of us, so they're not going to do that. <laughs> so I think the uh, Packers win this one 31-21. And then that'll just re- complete my 2021 of just shit. Blaze, you're soft. 
Anybody ever tell you that? You're like Charmin. Softer than baby <laughs> shit. What do you mean? <laughs> can't can't even take the Browns here. Can't even take the brown stain. He's a Dude, smart right, man. Blaze is smart. Blaze, you're a smart He's, he's playing the long con. <laughs> playing the long con. All right. Hopefully not the Santa con. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, so I, I think the only way the Browns actually have a chance is if they pull out what the Ravens did in their second half. Uh, if they could somehow do that and force the Packers to play special teams, no. I think they got a real good chance. No. Uh, you know, forcing old man to kick the kick a field goal more than forty yards. It's, I think it might come down to that if it is expected to be crap weather. But with that being said, I don't know if the Browns have enough pieces that are healthy to be able to pull off that kind of game. Taking Rodgers, taking COVID toe, taking all of that. Thirty-five, seventeen. Uh, so who's on, soft? Guys. Who's soft? You're all soft. All right, well, moving on. Bears at the Seahawks, two teams that nobody gives a shit about. Um, so <laughs> I think the Bears... Right, next. Um, next. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, next. I, man, the Seahawks are just like, they're a, they're a train derailing, and the Bears team, you know, they're already derailed. So this is just going to kind of be an ugly game, and... In a battle of two uh, ugly teams, I, I I think that I want to take Russell Wilson and the Seahawks here. I don't really see any way that uh, the Bears can go into Seattle and you know upset. I, even if I don't even know if you can call this an upset, I don't see they can go in there and just inch out the Seahawks here. I think that Russell Wilson will be able to do enough to take care of them. So I'm going to take the Seahawks 24 to 17. Blaze. Yeah. No. This is. Uh... Turd pile versus dog shit at this point. Uh, both of these teams are just embarrassments. I I don't. I, I love Russell Wilson. I like DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett's a gamer. Yeah, that uh, that franchise is in turmoil themselves. Maybe in worse turmoil in some respects. But I mean, the Bears. It's just you know I've, I've been giving the defense a lot of high praise this entire season, and I think it's very warranted. I think Robert Quinn's had a good year. Roquan Smith has had a good year. These Again, the skeleton crew, D-backs, that just totally shut down Kirk Cousins on Monday night. But the thing is, when the offense, when you can't even rely on your offense to get 10 points, like, I mean, I think that's bare minimum in today's NFL, 10 points, right? Bare. I'm not bare confident minimum. enough in my offense to get that. So the defense needs to get takeaways, and we do not get takeaways. Uh, we had that interception that looked like a punt from uh, Kirk Cousins, but you know, other than that, I don't know. I just think it's going to be an ugly, sloppy game again. And I'm going to have to come here and uh, pretend like <laughs> I'm going to have to invent something new to say again about the same shit that's put on the field every uh, week. So yeah, I'm going to stop with my picking the bear streak. Uh, I think it's been like three or four straight weeks now. Ooh. I'm going with uh, Let Russ Cook. It's going to be Ooh. 17 to 9. Three field goals. I think the Bears are good yeah. for three field goals. Wait, you're picking the <laughs> Fuck same the scores as same the Vikings Bears? Week, I guess, yeah. <laughs> 17-9, he just wants to relive that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just doing coal picks from now on, you know? <laughs> Chris? Good, safe coal picks. Yeah. It's not, I don't think it's going to be that good. Russ hasn't looked nearly as he did, you know, two, three years ago, even last year, you know, that thumb injury, I guess, really 
really put a stop to his 2021. Yeah, I want to say I want to take the Bears just because I don't know what Seahawks have even going on right now. I know they have Metcalf, but what else? I'm actually going to do it. Why not? I'm taking the Bears 23-22 with a last-second field goal. You think we're going to get 23 points? Are you insane? Uh, Yeah, you're going to get a like a, like a like like a a punt return touchdown. I'll help you guys out. Okay, yeah, that's they're gonna seven. <laughs> no, they're gonna, they're gonna we'll they'll figure it out when it comes to the game. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like like this last, uh, you know, last weekend, what I told you guys, my favorite thing to do on a Sunday is to watch two sub-500 teams go at it and fucking just do absolutely nothing. Seahawks are terrible. I hate the Seahawks. I hate them a lot, and I also really hate the Bears. The Bears are my number one, Seahawks number two. Fucking hate both those teams. I think Russell Wilson is is overrated, and he's he's never going to get an MVP vote, just like Kyler. Uh, I think this game is going to be ugly. I'm I'm looking up the stats right now. The Seahawks are playing the LA Rams, and it's you know in the third quarter, and the Seahawks have kicked one field goal. The Rams have also only kicked one field goal, so that's a barn burner over there too. Bears will get twelve because I think, and uh, the Seahawks will get fourteen. It's gonna be a stupid game, and the Seahawks are gonna win. Watch this one end in a damn tie now, too. Probably. We can always take a tie. I, thanks for the I live update, no. Cole. Down at <laughs> down at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, down at SoFi Stadium. <laughs> How's the weather over there? It's currently three to three going into the third quarter, <laughs> and it turns out both teams are shitty. <laughs> Well, uh, last but not least, we got the Lions at the Falcons, and sadly, just as the Lions showed some promise, showed uh, showed me that maybe they'll have some life next year, Goff got COVID, so most likely we will not have Goff next week. Is he vaccinated? He is. Yep. Um, but what? Are you sure? I'm pre- I'm like a hundred percent sure. Actually, I remember earlier this year that he was vaccinated. Okay. So. Um, well, also, you know, Hawkinson, he's out for the year, and I, well, that that's kind of old news, but also Anzalone is uh, out for the year. He's our starting linebacker. He's kind of the head of the defense there, and that is going to be rough. I do think that this team could win against the Seahawks the week after, and maybe if Rodgers is resting against the Packers. So I, I do think that we have one more win in us, but I don't think it's going to be this week. I just, without Goff, you know, Goff has been playing very, very good the last four games, like I've been saying, and I don't see Tim Boyle or whoever the hell they put in there, uh, I don't see them going into Atlanta and winning one, even though I don't think Atlanta is a very good team. So I'm uh, going to take the Falcons here. I think that they could put up like uh, 24 points, and I think the Lions will get seven. So, Dude, I had no idea Atlanta had like six wins. That's The team just seems yeah. like... Talk about derailed teams. If Goff's healthy, I kind of like the Lions in this game. To be honest, they both play in domes, so it's not like they'd be, you know... Are they home? Uh, it's at, at Atlanta. At, yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, yeah. it's not like, you know, they'd be stuck in the elements or anything like that. Matt Ryan is the least clutch player that I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Matty um, Ice? He's got ice in his veins. Yeah. Okay. Uh, may I revert you to the Super Bowl 51? <laughs> um, and then, I mean, yeah, like Cordell Patterson's had himself a good run this year. But, man, they do not throw it to uh, 
to Kyle Pitts, man. I don't know why he's not the... I don't know why he doesn't throw it to him more often. He's such a mismatch on defense, no matter where he goes. He's like if Gronk could run, you know? Uh, but no, they Rookie do... tight ends, man. Yeah. yeah, I get They throw it to Gage. They throw it to, you know, these guys. And then the Falcons' defense has never been good, ever, in my opinion. <laughs> so, like I said, I think a lot of... Going into Sunday, if Goff's healthy, I think there's a lot of things going for the Lions, but... I'm going to assume that he's not healthy because he was just diagnosed. So I'm going to say going in with whoever, Boyle or Blau or, you know, one of the Bs. <laughs> I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be semi-high scoring. Uh, but I think the Atlanta Falcons win this one at home. I'm going to say Atlanta 32, the Lions 27. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on a new narrative that the Lions are going to, you know, win out and the Bears are going to lose out and they're going to flip-flop. So, obviously, the Lions have to win this game. I, I honestly think they have a pretty good chance if they keep riding it high and, you know, maybe MCDC changes the culture a little bit, gets a boys buzzing. They just, you know, knocked off a good team. They go in, you know, they took down the Cardinals. Maybe they're just a bird team. Now they're going after the Falcons. They're going to just fuck up all the birds. Hey, man, um, Conspiracy Theories was the last one. <laughs> uh, I think this will be, uh, I think it'll be a fun game just because of the shenanigans going on. And maybe the Lions will have a good game. That would be kind of cool, you know, keep riding this high. Falcons, I'll give them 17 and the Lions uh, 21. All right. Got one upset of the Lions, even though golf might not play. Um, Yeah, actually, Blaze, I don't know if you know this, Kyle Pitts is the leading receiver on that Falcons team. <laughs> okay. He's got over He's got over 800 yards. It was like over, uh, like, is like, that was like over a three, four-week span, though. That wasn't the, his totality. No, is, I know. He, he's on my he, fantasy yeah, team. I, he doesn't do shit. So. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> go with on. your previous comment, just say you were sorry and you made a mistake. How many touchdowns okay. does he have? Uh, he currently is sitting on one. Okay, all right. <laughs> there we go. Which is not good with that with Brett, that big of a body that yeah, he's got. For he a be tight end, he should in. be You're getting lots of red zone yeah. Sustain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. This one could really go either way. Yeah, even if Goff doesn't play, I think the real TB12 has a chance against a very subpar Falcons team. Um, this Falcon team is weird because, like Blaze, no clue they had six wins. Not even a not even a remote chance that I was guessing that. Uh, just with all of the pieces they've lost over the years, their defense is just, you know, tanked ever since they went to the Super Bowl and blew that lead. You know, um, but I still think they have a couple more pieces. It's gonna be kind of hard to contain Patterson two weeks in a row. I think Pitts might actually have a decent game. Still get no touchdowns. But I'm taking the Falcons in a weird, weird day. It's going to be 29-23. Okay. See, I have uh, I just looked something up here. The Falcons, uh, their stadium, also has a lot of weird murals everywhere. And there is a theory that all the old Coke bottles are hidden below the Falcons stadium. And that's where all of the old Coca-Cola is. Holy Wait, shit. Wait, did we just... All did from Atlanta... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> is the, you know, the boys start in Atlanta, and oh. I think it's all below the stadium there. 
I think we all need to take a little road trip to Atlanta. <laughs> also, according to I Atlanta mean, yeah. fans, the 70s and 80s never happened. So it's, oh. it's all lining up. Yeah, We're just here to connect the dots for everyone. Mm-hmm. You never know. Well, moving on. Cole won last week in fantasy only by three points and has narrowed the gap on Chris by only one point apart right now. So Chris has 785.74. Cole is 784.38. I had a horrible week. Uh, I took the Packers D, who had zero points, and the Lions tight end, Brock Wright, who had zero points. So I had 31.68, and Blaze gained a little steam on me, but still is behind me. I have a 684.42, and Blaze has 636.42. So Blaze picks first, and uh, it's going to come down the wire here with Cole and Chris. All right. Uh, all right. This is a good first one, though. I like, I like Devonte Adams. Chris or Chris Cole convinced me that he's gonna have a game. Uh, damn, Justin Jefferson's gonna get um, Jalen Ramsey this week. So that's that's tough. I'm gonna go with uh, Aaron Jones. Give me Rogers. Rogers. Yeah, you would pounce on him right away. Well, yeah, because fuck, I, I, I'm not getting stuck. I got golf on his best week ever. I'm not fucking risking it. Uh, you know what? Mm, this is going to be tough. Uh, you know, give me Cousins. Why not? Let's let him cook. He's going to have all the family joy running through his body. He's just going to cook. Uh, and then to follow that up, we're going to go with uh, David Montgomery. Is Delvin Cook out? Or no, he's no, playing, right? Nobody picks him. Okay, has it? No one's picked him though, right? No. no. Oh fuck! Give me that guy. Cookie. He better not. He better not get two hundred fucking oh, yards this week. He's gonna tear it up. <laughs> he might. They're gonna be. Like, they're gonna be like cousins. I, I want I, him to, but for this aspect, yeah. I don't. Cousins, I, I want well. you to sit out this week. I'm just gonna put it on my back. Any um, word on Theo? Theo, he was a game time decision last week, right? Yeah, so, but as of right now, they're still considering him "quote unquote" out. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna take Josh Reynolds. Fuck it. Goes to you, Blaze. Mm, all right. All right. First off, I'm gonna go Bears D, since I think they have the best chance to. The Seahawks aren't gonna score a lot of points. <laughs> And then on that flip side, gosh, this this tight end thing is becoming a crapshoot. Tr- How did uh, Mercedes Lewis do last week? He did okay. I think he got forty yeah, yards. Right. Well, five point five points. So yeah, yeah. Recatches forty yards go, is what it says. Go with Dagara. Who? Don't worry oh. about it. Comet. <laughs> <laughs> Kmet did okay last week, didn't he? Kmet did okay, yeah. But he he drops too many balls. I was going to talk about that, but I didn't want to go on a total rant. But he drops a lot of balls. Let me go uh, Kmet, I guess. I'm going to go with Justin Fields. So for the wide receivers that have been taken, it's Adams and Justin Jefferson, right? Uh, Adams, Josh. Josh Reynolds, and... That's it. Hmm. So, yeah, Je- Jefferson's still out there. Um, 
you cannot say Vikings wide receiver because yeah. you have to pick between Thielen and Osborne. Um, yeah. Thielen's probably not going to play. He's got COVID right now. Yeah, I'm going to take Oh, Jefferson. he got COVID. Okay, I thought Give he was me, still yeah. dealing yeah. with ankle injury. Give okay. me Jeff. Uh, they, they said he got COVID right before the Bears game. Give uh, me that, Jeff. Robinson, he's he's is he is he done or what's up with him? I mean, he plays <laughs> right, he's on the field. Well, I didn't know if he was still like hurt or whatever. It says Allen Robinson. You know, the Packers not trying. That was one of the funniest things ever. Allen Robinson will remain on the COVID reserve list and won't be available for Monday's game against the Vikings. That was a day ago, so he might be ready by next week. Dude. We're gonna go with. I do need a tight end, or do I take a defense? I'm taking a defense and the Packers defense. Fuck you! Come on, give me Dingara for tight end. You son of a bitch! <laughs> I will take. Give me, give me the Vikings defense. I'm gonna take him. All right. Uh... Lions running back, Lions QB. <laughs> uh, Lions running back. Okay, you just gotta say before the game which one you want. So, but yeah, also if you're um, you're gonna be stuck with Tim Boyle if Goff doesn't play. So, I know I'm kind of banking on. <laughs> Come on, yo, yeah. Rogers, give him the Evermectin. Let's go. <laughs> he's gonna have a he's gonna have a Matt Flynn game and 500 yards. Ooh. Here he goes. Um, on the way back down here, I'm going to take Mercedes Lewis for my tight end. Big dog. I am taking a defense, and it's going to be the Vikings. <laughs> Eric picked the Vikings, dude. Oh. Yeah. I did. I did. Oh, yeah, well, you're... then fuck. Give me whoever's left then. It's just a defense. I know the Packers are gone, and that's all I care about. You were stuck with the Lions defense. Oh, perfect. Fucking Matty Ice is gonna. <laughs> he's probably gonna have a game of a century. <laughs> Kyle Pitts Chris... is gonna get six touchdowns. Yeah, was Conklin ever taken or no? Oh shit, he wasn't. Nope. I don't I'm want him. And me, Conklin. I don't want him. Should have, should have taken him instead of Lewis. Oh well. All right, and that's it. Um, so Blaze got Devonte Adams, Bears defense, Cole Komet, Lions running back, Lions QB. I got Aaron Jones, Josh Reynolds, Justin Fields, Vikings defense, Mercedes Lewis. Cole got Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Dingara, Lions defense, and then uh, Chris got Cousins, David Montgomery, uh, Mooney, Packers defense, and Conklin. And that is your fantasy draft. Can I propose next year that last place gets last pick? It just feels like I'm in such a hole every time because I get one pick and then one, two, Snake three, draft, four. Yeah. Like, okay, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, and then I pick again. That's how snake yeah. drafts work, buddy. My suggestion, I'm just throwing it out there, don't suck. Yeah, be yep. better. Come on. I'm going to bite you guys at the kneecaps. This is my Dan Campbell situation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cry and just be like, I try so hard every week. (laughs) Anyways. Either way. Happy Jesus' birthday, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Peace out. Happy Honda days. Have a wonderful Toyota-thon. Oh, yeah. December to remember. (laughs) Pizza, pizza, you get it. All right, (laughs) I'm out.